This podcast episode is brought to you by The Cry Lounge. The Cry Lounge is an independent publishing company founded by this podcast host, Bonnie Orbison. The Cry Lounge transfers your daydreams onto paper. With two book releases the past two years, they are preparing to extend their service to other authors and other creators. To get more details and support this show, there's a link in the description you can check out. The Cry Lounge looks forward to meeting you. Welcome everybody to the very first episode of Bonnie's Legends. I'm Bonnie Orison and I proudly present you every week, every Monday, one of my legends. It was a difficult question choosing my first guest because of the amount of people I'd written down on my list. And then I decided to just text someone and that was Jenna Britt, everybody. Jenna Britt is a skater, activist, a good cook and a lovely friend. I spent the fair a lovely hour back in May and I hope you have fun listening. Because here she is, my first legend, Jenna Britt. Hi. Hey, hey. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> there we go. We are now connected on Zoom. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm fine too. A little bit excited, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> hey, excited is, is a great thing. It's a positive thing. <laughs> yeah. Especially with what with all that's going on in the world right now, if we can yeah. still be excited about something, this is important. <laughs> thank you for being my first guest. <laughs> no, thank you. It's an honor. I've been on a couple podcasts before, but um, I find it uh, I find it very interesting. I love listening to them. So yeah, it's very cool. Thank you. <laughs> so we know us from Barcelona. Like January 2019 was the first time I was in Barcelona and visited Flo. And I think that was the first time you met us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's the first time I met you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. And then I was two weeks in Barcelona for my internship. And we met us a lot with of times brother. there. <laughs> with who? I said your internship with your brother. <laughs> yeah, very interesting, very productive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then christmas of course we spent christmas together yes exactly yeah. which is lovely isn't it our yeah. christmas dinners at, at ybf uh yeah they're beautiful. beautiful yeah nice memories and so i was i'm so grateful i was there last christmas because now mm. well, we don't know when i can come next time so exactly exactly yeah. so but, <laughs> activist skater strong woman and you survived two months in isolation in barcelona that's why you're my legend <laughs> there you go hon <laughs> okay i will ask you 20 random questions first okay, okay. 20 random questions go for yeah. it what's your full name 
Uh, my full name is um, Jana Lynn Britt. Um, it, it was Britt Green. Now it's just Britt again. Um, I never liked my, my middle name. Um, so, yeah, if I could choose another name, I would probably choose like a French middle name. <laughs> I actually literally have a list of my favorite names, like favorite names, uh, most of them horse names. I'd yeah. just probably take those as a middle name, you know, that would, yeah. that would work for me. <laughs> I don't have a middle name. I love middle names and I don't have one. <laughs> okay, then we've got to come up with one for you as well as well. That sounds good, hon. <laughs> <laughs> so when's your birthday? Uh, my birthday is uh, the 13 de octubre, which is the 13th of October. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and I have to say, um, not being biased or trying not to be biased. Okay. Um, I've, I've always been extremely grateful to have been born in October. Yeah. Because um, it's my favorite time of the year, almost everywhere. Um, I love yeah. the the leaves changing, yeah. the golden, golden sunlight, you know, it's also kind of, um, right towards the end of the harvest of the grapes. And I yeah. used to work in vineyards and so I love it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm really expanding on each of these. No, that's, that's <laughs> great. That's great. So what's your favorite color? Right. My favorite color is a, a really beautiful shade of, of blue that's kind of a, um, something between a teal and a turquoise. Um, second, third, fourth, and fifth place would also be other shades of blue. So <laughs> I, I'm a blue girl through and through. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any pets? I know you have pets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, hold on. I, I was thinking you might, you might ask this. How do I turn the camera around? Oh, I just found it. Okay, so I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you my, my little lamb right here. So that is Bella. She oh. is my six, six and a half year old uh, Sharpay, and I adopted her when she was um, not even two. Okay. So, um, yep, there she is, happy and, and having her time in the sun. She loves it. <laughs> Sunbathing. <laughs> Sunbathing, exactly. Yeah. And actually, she's, she's gotten quite blonde in these last few weeks, so it's quite funny. Yeah, she's lovely. Yeah. I met her at Christmas last year, April <laughs> 2. She's lovely. <laughs> Where are Thank you from? Okay, this is always a tricky question uh, to answer with, when people ask this, because um, I was born in America, actually. Okay. Um, born in Pennsylvania, very close to Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. Um, but my parents worked for an international charity and we traveled a lot. Okay. Um, and I then moved back to England where I had been for a, a short time when I was a child. Um, and so I spend most of my life in England. Um, okay. And I have British citizenship and American citizenship at the, mo at the moment. But... Um, but it's funny because really Barcelona and now Menorca, I've never felt at home anywhere until really being here. So, yeah. um, but that's probably, that's probably the answer for another question. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite food? Oh, wow. Okay. This is so, a tricky question for me too. <laughs> 
it's it, this is really tricky because I you know that I love to cook. In fact, yeah. my brother and I have have cooked up a storm together on more than a few occasions. Um, but I think I would have to just say, can I just give it a blanket? like a Italian. Can I just say Italian? Yeah, for sure. Because as much as, I mean, I make food from all over the world and I love everything, but Italian, like I couldn't live without pizza and pasta. That's for sure. Okay, <laughs> great. Favorite song? Favorite song? Or, Favorite song? Yeah, or a song which accompanies you through the years and it's always there. Hmm. Um... Okay, this is this is always a difficult one for me. A because I I forget the name of songs. Okay. Um, and uh, B because I think I probably have a lot of different favorite songs. Yeah. Um, but you know what I'm gonna choose because this song makes me really happy, and and it so speaks about my my life. Uh, is the song "We Are Your Friends." I don't know if you know this song, because we are your friends you'll never be alone again oh come on it's a great song okay um, i believe you that i don't know it but i'll <laughs> I believe send it you to that. you i'll send it to you afterwards but it's um yeah i'll just go with that because i know yeah. that i would be nothing without nothing without my friends who are my family that i chose you know yeah <laughs> favorite artist <laughs> okay Your... now this is Mm, yeah this is difficult because it could be anything like yeah. you know it, obviously I have favorite um actors painters you name it but my favorite all uh creator is is Picasso for sure and um and it's not even um it, it's it's obviously just some kind of life force that flows through him that flows through me because without even trying um I I was doing a lot of the same types of things that he was yeah. without even knowing that he had done them. So he, he used to work in, in photography with a, a light where he would have yeah. a light that he would wave around and put the camera on a, on like a long, slow shutter speed. And, and it would make beautiful shapes in the air and things. Um, and this is something that I started doing before I even saw his work that he had done in, in this area. Yeah. Um, and then of course his, his paintings and the colors and I'm actually working on a, a whole series of these um, abstract drawings that have colors in them. And every time I do them, I just look at them and think, you know, he really is a part of him is, is living in me. Um, yeah, that's cute. But I, I think he's exceptional. Exceptional. Yes. Yeah. Favorite film? Wow. You know what? Hold on. Give me, give me two, two seconds here because I actually have a I list on my phone. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. So I don't know if you'll know this film, but there's a, a film. I think it was from the 80s. It's called Lady Hawk. That is one of my favorite songs. Uh, sorry. Okay. One of my favorite films. Brilliant film. But some of my other ones, uh, Le Grand Bleu, which is mm -hmm. a French film about divers. Okay. Um, out of Africa, which is an old Robert Redford film. Absolutely. I love the movie. I love the yeah. movie. <laughs> and then all the Wes Anderson films, just about. Like, I love Wes Anderson. Um, he's amazing. And then things like um, The Usual Suspects, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Lords of Dogtown. Love that because Lords of Dogtown is like, that was like the 
how skating started. Yeah. So that's something that, that, um, yeah, that I really, really like. So yeah, there's a, there's a few for you. <laughs> yeah. Out of Africa is brilliant. I love that. I love that movie. It's so Just, good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Favorite book. Wow. Okay, I, I always find this so hard. The favorite song, favorite book, favorite yeah. uh, film type things. But um, what I will give you is the same one that I give to everyone. And that's because it has become like my, my, my personal she Bible and guide, if you like. Um, and it's called The Women Who Run With The Wolves. And, um, and if you don't have it yet, love, get it. Because okay. it is like such a... Um, a divine like life source for me and for every woman I know who has ever read it. And it's not a book that you, you ever have to read from start to finish. Yeah. Um, it is a book that you can go into and, and depending on what it is that you are, that you are processing in your life, that you're learning, that you're going through, you can go into different parts that really just enrich you and enrich you through um, the use of, uh, of ancient stories, uh, mythical stories, stories that um, have been passed, you know, down through the generations from uh, American Indians and, yeah. and tribal stories from around the world. Um, but what it speaks about uh, us as women, um, and and especially because, and you can see on my my neck right now, my loba, my yeah. um, my wolf is the wolf is my spirit animal and and has been ever since I could even understand what a spirit animal was yeah. and so there's a, a obviously a big connection between the wolf and and the species of the of the woman you know um, yeah so yes it's brilliant sounds interesting it's like yeah I think every woman should have it and in fact I think most men would learn so much by reading it as well okay so <laughs> What languages can you speak? Yo hablo eh, un poquito eh, español o castellano aquí en Barcelona porque yo vivo en Barcelona. <laughs> y, yes, I eh, obviously English and then I continue to learn Spanish more and more all the time. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm in Barcelona, I I don't think I will ever learn more than like in Catalan. Catalan is not my favorite language. <laughs> um, I, I'm starting to get back into French because I was studying French for a while um, okay. before I had, um, I had a, a trauma some years ago uh, that literally kind of wiped in my short-term memory so much of it. And okay. one of that, uh, one of the downsides to that was that I had been studying French and my French just it, honestly, it just seemed to disappear. It was a big heartache. Okay. Um, so starting with French again. And I've also studied in the past, uh, some years ago, I studied Russian. And okay. I studied for six weeks. And when I went to Russia, I could speak enough. I, I, actually, I love Russian. And, and it's not difficult. Being uh, Cyrillic, and there's only about, I think there's about 25, 26 letters like uh, in their alphabet, in the yeah. Cyrillic alphabet. And once you know them, it, it's... Um, I didn't find it difficult at all. And I found it quite beautiful, you know, as opposed yeah. to like Dutch, which, <laughs> which, which I don't find beautiful, but there you go. But I, I would love to, I'm one of these people who would literally, because communication and connection with others is the yeah. most important thing. I would love to go to sleep and wake up the next morning and just know how to speak. 
10 languages, you know? Yeah. So to be continued on that. <laughs> <laughs> What's your most used phrase or word? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Most I know used it for me. <laughs> phrase or word. Um, yeah. hmm. Probably I use a lot, uh, a couple things. Probably I refer to balance a lot because balance is like, um, is so integral to my life. Yeah. Um, in, in Spanish, it is equilibrio. And I love this, this word, you know, yeah. equality and, and balance. I use that a lot. And then anytime I'm speaking about, um, about spirituality or anything along those lines, It, it really always comes down to love and light, the love and light that we nurture in us and the love and light that we then live out through us. Yeah. So I probably say those things quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have any music on vinyl cassettes? Oh, oh vinyl or cassettes? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm going to have to take you guys inside for a moment so I can show you. I've only got a few of them, but... Um, okay. Yeah, I just have a few too. Yeah, such a, a such a treasure that yeah. I still have these. So I'm just going to show you. <gasps> I've got um, the Beatles, Rubber yeah. Soul. Yeah, that was my dad's. I also have. Um, I also have the Beatles. Help. <laughs> the Beatles. Um, yeah, and these are like originals, so it's crazy. I also have another one there that's Paul, Paul McCartney. McCartney. Yeah. So yeah, I do have, and I have a few more up up of my my kind of art studio bits. Yeah. Um, but yes, I love vinyls, and in fact, that's that's a real priority for me. Is soon I'm gonna get um, a a record player again. Yeah. Uh, because I love it. I love the whole process of setting the needle down. Yeah. And the delicacy and the sound, you know. Yeah. Something I got really I got a record player last Christmas, and I'm so grateful for oh, that. Did you? Yeah, oh, because I like I collected so many vinyls in the last two years, and I had to play yeah. them one day. <laughs> exactly. So, are you are you uh, do you have like a collection of of old like vintage vinyls, or do you have newer things, newer albums on vinyl? Um. So, uh, my first vinyl was a vinyl by Falco. He's an Austrian Austrian singer. Uh, oh. I was a huge fan of him earlier. Um. And my best friend got me it. And then I bought like new vinyls from bands who are making vinyls. And uh, yeah. my piano teacher gave me last month like a whole package of vinyls from his youth. And I'm like, yes. Really? <laughs> yes. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, that, that, what a gift. That's amazing. That's super yeah. good. <laughs> you're gonna have to send me. You're gonna have to send me your favorite song by the uh, by the Austrian, the Austrian one that you're talking about. I will do. Musician. I will yeah. do. <laughs> do you sing in the shower? Do I sing in the shower? Um, yeah, sometimes I do. I think even whenever I don't sing. I'm playing music on my phone when I'm showering yeah. and, and, and kind of moving around, you know, to it. But yeah, I, I do sing in the shower sometimes. And we always sound better in the shower, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing you do in the morning? 
Okay, so when I when I wake up in the morning, um, and I don't do this every single day, but I really I try to. I make an effort. Um, I make my bed, and then I lean back across my bed and kind of look back out my my windows. Um, I have a huge. If you can see here, we've got like yeah, I have really big kind of terrace uh, doors because we live in the principal flat, so we have really okay. high ceilings. So I kind of go stretch over my bed backwards and look out and I just think of things that I'm grateful for. And yeah. I try to start the day doing that because um, I, I feel like it really shapes the day a lot. And I, I can tell when I haven't done that because I don't feel as, yeah, I don't feel like I'm in the, my, the right mind and heart frame. So yeah, that's what I try to start the day doing. That and a good black coffee, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your legend? My legend. Well, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of them. Um, I, I, it's kind of like, a, you know, when people ask you, okay, if you had a dream dinner party, who would you invite? Yeah. Um, I, I'm i going to go with Bob Marley for right now, though, because definitely one of my legends. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this, you know, just some, some months ago was would have been his 75th birthday. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I just think he was, um, you know, a perfectly imperfect uh, human and he has brought so much love and yeah. positivity into the lives of so many people. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have known him, but yeah, that's one of my legends. <laughs> Great. So let's start now with my topics. <laughs> <laughs> so first we talk about your career as an activist. Okay. So I'm interested what kind of activist you are. Well, okay. So basically I think that having parents that were hippies and my parents, when I was born, they owned a greenhouse and a okay. nursery like with plants and that's what they did. Um, so I grew up in, in an environment that was very much um, appreciating and and enjoying plant life and nature yeah um, and my parents also worked for an international charity and so from a very young age we were traveling uh, around to developing uh, countries around the world and my eyes were were open in a way that none of my peers in school you yeah. know nobody could understand um, the things that that we had been blessed to, to see um it was it was very difficult as well though you know having yeah. you know being able to see the world is not uh when your eyes are open it's not it's not all uh you know beautiful uh, stars and yeah exactly yeah. and there's a lot of pain you know yeah um so i i had a deep conviction from a young age to stand up for the underdog and for people that couldn't speak for themselves. Yeah. Uh, I helped to start a, a charity in the UK. Sorry, the, we were in the UK, but it was in Uganda. Um, and then about 12 years ago, uh, was there kind of right at the beginning to start with the founder director of Street Child, another charity. Mm -hmm. um, we started in Sierra Leone and now we're in like 11 different countries. And I tell you all that because it just gives the framework for kind of the combination of that, yeah. of all of that has given me a very deep conviction to, uh, to stand up for the rights of, of people who 
can't even stand up for themselves yeah. and help to open people's you know, eyes to things. Um, and I've been really blessed and honored to be a part of some great acti- activation, like activist um, uh, groups and things. Um, one of the best um, kind of peaceful protests that I've been to uh, was just last autumn here in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a day where all around the world, all the Brazilian embassies around the world had protests. And that was when things in the Amazon, you know, when it was burning the worst yeah. and people's eyes were being opened to what, what is happening in the Amazon. Yeah. And I'm, um, I'm a very strong believer that we're not here to use the planet and, yeah. and, and all of the resources, but we're here to, our role in creation is to continue creating and yeah. to cultivate more life and, and that through love and care. And so I think when you have a passion for something, and when you when you love something, then it, it automatically brings this kind of fight in you that yeah. you want to protect it. You know, the same way you feel for, you know, your children in life or anything like that. But this is on a grander scale because it's not just about you. It's about, you know, it's about the whole world. Yeah. And, um, and yes, and then, of course, um, it, what's happened in the last few months obviously is an unprecedented, extraordinary and horrific event. Um, and it's probably brought the most, uh, the most vehement, the most passionate, um, and clear activism in me. Um, because I think that there's a lot of things going on at the same time here. And when our human rights, our human rights are violated, um, and, when we feel like we're imprisoned in our, in our own homes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, let's just say it, it, it's made the fire burn brighter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we're like, whether like successes or failures in this career, like disappointments where you were like, Oh, okay. This happened. Like I wanted to, or it happened like Mm -hmm. you wanted to. You mean with with um, protest, with activism, yeah. and and what it brought about? Yeah. Well, it's been. I could. It's okay. First, I I don't like putting like labels on on yeah. myself or on on anybody. Um, yeah. I say that I'm I'm an activist because I I have an activist heart, you know, and that's how I've. I've lived out, like I said, when I'm passionate and I have a conviction yeah. about something, then I, I speak that out. Um, but, but it's been aside from my, my jobs and that sort of thing. But yeah. I have to say that, um, that every time I've been involved in, in a protest in in a March, anything, um, that it's, it's always been positive Yeah, because when your goal is to open the eyes of others, when your goal is rooted in love and light, um, then it's always going to, it's always going to be positive. Yeah. And yes, sometimes you have people that try to kind of ruin that or whatever their anger gets the best of them. But I think in every situation, every protest, everything that I've been a part of, um, yeah, it's, um, it's been by and large, very, very life giving and very, um, very positive. Sounds great. <laughs> you skating too. 
skateboarding yes yes <laughs> when did you yeah. start skating <laughs> okay so um so this is a funny question because like um my my first experience skateboarding was when i lived in hawaii when i was 10 years old okay. and it was like my my first boyfriend if you will boyfriend <laughs> um but he he and one of my um one of my closest friends they were both skaters yeah. both boys both skaters and um and so i i used to like skate with them um being in hawaii you know whenever i was a kid we did a lot of like boogie boarding um and and skateboarding and so it's um yeah it was a long time ago but uh but then i restarted and started for real um about let's think okay where are we now so it would have been a year ago this past mm -hmm. november so about a year and a half ago yeah um and that was um that was by and large due to the fact that this lovely French guy who is still a, a good friend of mine, who I was um, kind of seeing, um, spending time with, he is an excellent, excellent skater. And, um, and he, he was great. He like gave me his board one week because he had a lot of work to do. And so he just gave me a skate. Uh, I used it the whole week. And, it, and from the first night that I got back on it and started pushing, I was like, I was quite, you know, shocked. I was like, wow, I, I'm skating again, you know? Yeah. And I actually got on a video call with my son to show him because he skated for years and he's a super good skater. Yeah. Um, so I was showing him and he was like, wow, you're like, you really do well. So that same uh, French friend, he, um, he then gave me um, one of his old skates and some wheels and i i took them and bought um all the rest of the bits and, and pieces that i needed uh the trucks and and bearings and things and put together my my first skate um and loved that uh then i put together another one which i skated on for most of the past year i then left it in hawaii when i was visiting my sister um and her family uh, just at the beginning of the quarantine actually yeah. is when i left there and I left that there with my nephew, who is killing it. He is so amazing at skating. So I, um, I'm really happy I left it for him. And literally a few days ago, um, one of my closest friends, Anthony, put together a new board for me. I kind of collected again all the pieces, the deck, the trucks, <laughs> the wheels, everything. And he was an angel and put it all together for me. So, yes, skating again, even though we're on, like, this bizarre time limit yeah. where we can skate, you know? But, but it's no, fun. I love it. It is. It is. And it's, it's something that um, I think it's important to say that one of the reasons why I, I love skating so much um, is that the whole skating culture is something that I love. You know, I, before the quarantine began, I spent a lot of time with a bunch of friends up at MACBA, um, which is the Museum of, of Modern Art here in Raval. Yeah. in Barcelona and uh, you know would spend a few nights a week there hanging out watching the skaters um hanging out with friends sitting down on our boards and and the the whole culture and it's very much like a family and very much a street family you know yeah. um so the, the street skating is what I I really love love watching love learning 
um, and the whole skate culture is, I just think it, it's so rich and so beautiful. And um, it's kind of sad right now because with the quarantine and everything, when they started giving us a bit more freedom at night, there's like, no joke, there's like 20 police at MACBA every night. And so nobody really, we feel like they're trying to take MACBA kind of yeah. away. And that has been literally like the center of the world for skating, for street skating for a long time. Yeah. Um, like the mecca the mecca of skateboarding so um but but love it absolutely love it yeah and i i have a couple good scars that, that are not so bad anymore but good scars from learning and i'm sure i'll get more but yeah it's it's beautiful and i think that it it's a great energy and it keeps you useful you know yeah yeah uh let's talk about your hometown like you said you grew up now in England or what's what would you call your hometown yeah that's that's a difficult one uh okay so in in Pennsylvania where I was born uh we went back to live there for a couple of other you know years later that's that was more that's more where my my mother grew up and where my grandparents yeah. were and so even though that's home that's where I still have some some family um And then I, I spent, uh, you know, a lot of my childhood years in New England. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like New Hampshire, Massachusetts, like Boston and Massachusetts. But again, it was lots of moving around and I never really felt like it was completely home. Okay. So I think that I probably felt, feel, would feel the most that my home would be England, would be Harper, New yeah. England. But even with that, this is a tricky question. <laughs> even with that, I'm, um, uh, I never really felt um, a, a deep, like, home, you know, feeling of being at yeah. home there. I always felt kind of like the odd one out or whatever. Um, I quite enjoy being the black sheep. That's not a problem. But, um, but, yeah, like I said, it isn't until I moved to Barcelona that I really felt like I was home. Yeah. So even though, even though there's parts of me, you know, that you could say, oh, you know, this is a bit of home and this was a bit of home and my family is there or whatever, it's uh, my hometown is Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. It's complicated. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, like the home feeling, when I was the first time in Barcelona, I felt so home. I felt that it's just my second home and I'm grateful that it became like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy that you feel that way. And you, yeah. it's so nice to have you here. So can't, can't wait to have you back again. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to come back. <laughs> <laughs> What's are like the advantages and disadvantages of Barcelona? Before the disadvantages. all this happened. Okay. <laughs> Before all this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. So that, that's actually something that's really clear to me. And that's something that I, I encourage a lot of friends in. Um, some people call Barcelona Neverland um, mm -hmm. because it's like a place where, um, I don't know, I think a lot of people come to Barcelona and when they're in transition. Um, and so it can be a very transitional place. And this can make it hard to build lasting relationships. Um, It can be difficult to, to build romantic relationships. Uh, there's, there's a lot to it. Um, but it, people come here um, for, for a better quality of life. Yeah. And 
indeed Barcelona offers that. And yes. if you, if you remember, I, I said that my favorite word that I use all the time is balance, that yeah. equilibrio. If you are able to keep yourself in a balance, you're able to keep yourself um, healthy, um, then I think it is, it is a wonderful place to live. Um, you know, because I think your brother would have told you, and I think I told you that I, I bought a little casita, a little house on Menorca. Yeah. Um, and that's so important to me because as much as I love being here in Raval and being, you know, in the center of the city, I, I need that balance to be around nature and everything. Yeah. And the thing that happens in Barcelona, so this would be the, the downside, is that people can become lost here. Yeah. Um, and that is by and large because the fact that um a couple of things one is drugs okay mm -hmm. and and i say that being someone who really loves to smoke weed sometimes uh, we do get some of the best weed and i as a therapist uh, and as a human i would say that there are so many advantages you know to to good weed um but again people can can lose themselves and go mm -hmm. deep into that, but then go into a lot of other drugs. And yeah. I have a lot of friends who have gotten very lost in, in the world of drugs here and, and it can ruin somebody's life. Um, yes. also you know, being like you get a lot of, um, skaters here who just kind of survive hand to mouth every day. And, um, and it's very difficult to, to find good quality jobs so people that, that work here, I have so many friends that work in like call centers and work in bars and restaurants, um, which is fine. But I, I think a lot of people, more so the people in call centers and that sort of thing, they're just not very happy with their work. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that can, you know, that can definitely, uh, affect people sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Th that would that would definitely be what I'd say the downsides are. If you can take care of yourself and attain balance yeah. um, with everything, with drugs, with work, with skating or whatever, with play, exercising. We have like this, you know, beautiful kind of, well, the beach isn't so beautiful right here in, in Barcelona, yes. but still. We have the beautiful kind of um, promenade to run along or cycle or skate. Um, yes. Loads of places to exercise. Monjuic to hike up and in the back of the of the city as well the um the hills to hike in and yeah. so if you can attain that balance then you can avoid getting lost in neverland yes <laughs> so you already said that you have a bed and breakfast in menaka oh yes yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah how did you get this idea because this is a lovely idea Okay, so the the actual house in Menorca or the bed and breakfast idea or both? Both. <laughs> okay, okay. So first, um, what brought me there was that I have a dear friend uh, who she and her partner have had a, uh, a home, a second home in Ibiza for a long time. Yes. And I've uh, been very blessed to yeah, spend some time with them there uh, five or six times. And I love Ibiza. There's a lot that I love about it, but but she knows me. She knows that I am very, um, very much into nature. I'm not this person who likes to go to, you know, all these clubs and anything yes. like this. Um, and, and that I really, I love connection and community. 
And so she said to me uh, some years ago, you should really go to Menorca. You have to visit because you're going to love it. And one of the things that I love so much about Ibiza, that, that was where I started doing some cliff jumping into the sea. And she said, beautiful places to cliff jump in Menorca as well. So then fast forward to me living in Barcelona and one of my, my close friends, Roman, he, um, he owns a, a cool little bar here in Publisec. He's from Menorca. He started land like, you know, in my ear, yeah, Jana, you really need to go to Menorca. So funny that you would ask this because I'm serious. I think it's like literally a year ago this week was the first time that I was in Menorca and I fell completely in love with it. Uh, the nature, the green, um, the beautiful walks, the amazing beaches and calas, uh, it's totally different from anything anywhere else that I've ever, ever seen. And of course, the cliff jumps into the sea. <laughs> and um, I met in Immobilaria, a lovely woman called Bruna. She's become a friend of mine and she is just, uh, she's wonderful. She's from Italy and she's lived in, in Menorca for a long time. She helped me uh, with my search for looking for a little house. And it was crazy because it ended up being the first place that she sent me that I, I just had a really clear, good feeling and connection with it from the beginning. Yes. And in November, I was there. So I was there last August with girlfriends and with my daughter. Um, they all loved it. And then I was back in November um, with a friend of mine and we went to see the house. And shortly after that, I put an offer on it. Yes. And I was so blessed because I got this beautiful little casita you know it's small um but i'm at the moment um i have my architect just finished the drawings and i'm gonna extend it a little bit it's just gonna be a couple of bedrooms in the house mm -hmm. um but i i always wanted to okay i have quite a connection with um with like old tribes especially especially american indian yes um and so i found yeah i found these beautiful they're like cross between a yurt and an, a tent to put in the garden, a few of them. And those will come from England. And uh, I always wanted to do that because more than anything in life, I enjoy taking care of other people and I love cooking food for other people and making a beautiful space with a good energy for other people. Yeah. And of course, for me, that, that fills my heart. And so it's something I wanted to do for a long time. And, um, yeah, so when I found this place, it's amazing. It has a swimming pool, which also needs work. Uh, but it has uh, literally everything that I ever dreamed of. It has uh, loads of olive trees, uh, lemon trees, fig trees, hibiscus. And the blessing of this is that I was able to buy it because a year and a bit ago, or no, maybe a year ago, I sold my house in England. Yes. And it was a house that I like designed and sourced everything for every last bit every tiny last bit for and really put my my hearts and passions into that and was super grateful that you know that my ex-partner and I sold that uh before all of all of this happened yeah um and yes and then I and then with the little house I was super blessed as well because I got it for an even lower amount that it was on the market for but I still gave a very fair price that they were very happy with to the most lovely older woman and her even even more um how should I say not older 
more experienced and more beautiful and more rich. So that's what I should say. Uh, just rich in their, their beauty and in their experience, but the most beautiful two women, a mother and daughter. And they were so happy that I, that I was the one that got it. Yeah. So the idea is to set it up as a, a haven in nature where people can come to heal and to have peace because of the whole deal right now with what's happening, because we don't know when travel and tourism will be, yeah, when this will be, uh, you know, possible. Yeah. Um, my first priority is to make it my home. After that, my second priority is that I'm going to make brunch there in my garden, at which will be super romantic, super beautiful. But I'll make brunch there on the weekends because I have some friends in Menorca who told me uh, when I told them I wanted to do this, they were like. Jenna, that's amazing because there's nowhere to get brunch here. I'm going to make brunch there. And then um, also a link to that is that I have friends who own restaurants and have like uh, vineyards and things there. Yeah. And so I am going to do lots of partnerships with friends and make new friends and, and make a community there, you know, where I can do like Tai Chi classes in the garden and do um, wine tastings in the garden and cooking classes and yeah. have, have my friend's chefs come and make dinner for just a few people in the garden, you know, do things like this that, that link together community and individuals, because I think that that is the most important thing in life. Yeah. Um, those relationships, those connections and, and the beauty in life that comes out of them. And I think that with the way the world is going to change, that's going to have even more meaning and yeah. even more importance, you know? Yes. So, sorry, that was a long-winded answer. But no, that, it sounds so lovely. It sounds like your paradise. Like, I want to go there. <laughs> you are, oh, honey, you're totally welcome. I can't wait to have you. <laughs> it sounds like also a good place uh, because I write a lot and I want to become an author and... Uh, also like a place where I can come and write. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. I mean, and it would be a perfect place for you to come and write because it is... Um, peaceful. It's, it it's sounds so peaceful. peaceful. It is, it is. And, uh, and it will be even more so. It has these beautiful old stone walls around it. Um, and like the front garden is quite um, private because it has like this big... English green hedge that runs along where you come through the gate so there will definitely di be different parts of it that um and I, I will grow lots of vegetables and things there of course and um I'm actually at the moment studying permaculture uh, so that I can make the most out of my garden there yeah so you can come and write and help me in my garden <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure the last two months they were quite difficult okay. right yeah yeah so how did everything start? Because I remember when Flo called mom, it was Saturday and we were like, it was last days, the cinema were open. And I said, yeah. this movie, I wait for it for one year. I want to go there right now. And we went there and it was right before the film started and mom got, a, got the call by Flo and he was like, yeah, Monday, everything will be closed. And yeah, and then it was actually sun, Sunday night, right? Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. yeah. How, how was that experience? Mm. Because I think it was really quite difficult. The craziest part of everything was that, was that um, I had traveled via California um, mm -hmm. to Hawaii to go see my sister and her family, my yeah. nephews, and my daughter, who was also living there at the time. 
And I've not been to Hawaii for some years, but my sister is married to a Hawaiian and I really missed her and really just wanted to spend some time with them. Um, and so I had, um, I had booked my flight and by the way, just a little, God knows what's going to happen with flights anymore and travel, but just a little tip for anyone in Europe who might ever want to go to Hawaii. Um, the way that you do it is to book a, a return, um, and, one of the ones that's the best is Norwegian Airlines. That's why I've used a lot, but there's other ones as well. You book a return to California. So you book a return to LA or to San Francisco, whatever the cheapest is, which yeah. we have lots of cheap returns between Europe and there. And then separately, completely separately, book a flight from then that airport to Hawaii and it is so much cheaper. So um, anyway, little travel tip there if we ever get to travel again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of crazy because I, I remember when I was like flying through California and spending some time with friends and then heading on to Hawaii, it was, it was just like almost as if it was a whisper, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, this is happening in China and okay, they're doing this and that, but it, it, you really didn't think much of it. By the time I got near the end of my trip in Hawaii, I actually had to phone the airlines and uh, change my flights and get uh, flights back a, a day earlier. So left Hawaii, had plans to stay in California for a few days with some other friends and decided that I was, um, no, that I should change it and get back to Barcelona. It's funny, even though I was in Hawaii and I had friends saying to me, why don't you just stay there? Um, of course, at that time, people were thinking, oh, this might be two, two, three weeks or something. Yeah. But Everybody I would thought. rather have been in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I would rather be in Barcelona, you know, with yeah. my friends and my home and my dog than to be there. And it's crazy. I actually, when I was in California, I thought I might get stuck in California. Yeah. A very, a very dear person in my life, uh, Ace Pelka, who is a an amazing skateboarder. You should look him up on, on Instagram and stuff. Okay. Um, one of the many very talented uh, skaters that I know. Um, I will do. Well, Ace, yeah, Ace has a grandmother that I just adore. And, um, and I told him actually afterwards, like I was thinking, what in the world do I do if I get stuck here? And yeah. I, I was like ready to call her and just go out to her place. She lives in kind of, um, this area of California where there's lots of vineyards and it's very, you know, quiet and she gardens a lot. And I just thought that's the person I want to spend this time with, however long it will be. So yeah. I kind of had this in my head, like oh, panicking, like, okay, if I have to do something, there we go. But, um, I made it back to, uh, to Barcelona and literally like the day before they shut the airport completely. Yeah. When I arrived, when I arrived back into Barcelona into the airport, it was very strange. I think we were the only flight that morning. There might've been one other uh, that landed and it was like coming through a ghost town, obviously. Mm -hmm. And thankfully the aerobuses, which, you know, <laughs> the aerobuses yeah. were still running and got back into the city and it was, um, it was raining and I was walking back from Universitat, one of the yeah. bus stops. And it was really strange. It, the first couple weeks, there was a lot of um, kind of like, okay, you know, this is going to be a couple weeks and it's going to blow over. So I remember like my flatmates and I, um, and I was very blessed because I, I live with friends. Yeah. It's my flat, I rent it, and then I have some friends that live here with me. And so I was really blessed to have friends, you know, around me. 
uh, where some of my friends I know were, were very much alone. But we had like a party on the Friday night. You know, everybody was banging pots and pans every night at eight. And there was a real um, kind of like, okay, we'll get, we'll get through this and it's not yeah. going to be so hard. And, and, and even things like that I was posting on Instagram at the time was very much like, let's use this time to kind of go within Mm -hmm. look at changes that we can make in ourselves and the funny part is that that has happened on a much greater scale this inner work on people yeah. if they allowed it if they welcomed it and that just shows that that good can come of any bad you know as the weeks were extended yeah. and the police the police control just seemed to get worse and worse mm -hmm. um it was extremely, extremely hard. Um, I'm really blessed again, and many people in the city are because we are a city of dog lovers. So we are allowed to go out with our dog and then also allowed to go out when you need to shop for food. And mm -hmm. those became like, you know, those were the, day, the outings for the day. And it was exciting you know, to kind of be able to get out and get that fresh air and, and also try to make the most of the time that, you know, we had. I don't know if you're going to ask anything about that. I don't want to overlap yeah, just, questions just here. talk <laughs> yeah okay okay but um yeah one of the things that I did was uh and there's a lot there's a lot that I I really worked on inside and outside you know yeah during this time but one of the things I did is because I love plants I told you when I was born I was born into this you know yeah uh, family of plant lovers I went online, a friend of mine gave me uh, this website and I ordered a bunch of uh, org organic like uh, seeds, yeah. herbs and, and lettuces and vegetables and all sorts. And I started like you can see here behind me. Yeah. And then all along my kind of wall here <laughs> and then down there. And then on the other two terracitas as well yeah. that I have as part of my flat. But I planted lots of seeds and just to watch things grow and to cultivate. And I think that this is something that everybody needs to move towards um, mm -hmm. is more self-sufficient ways of living, more responsible ways of living. Yeah. Um, and not being dependent on grocery stores <laughs> because yeah. we could have that taken away from us in a heartbeat. It's, and it's been very difficult. And two days before they were allowing these uh, more freedom where we had time mm -hmm. in the morning early, time in the, in the night late where we could go out and exercise. And I was just, um, I was walking my dog and my, one of my very close friends that's been living here during the quarantine with us, we just needed to get, uh, you know, some green. We just hadn't seen green for so long. Yeah. And we went up just to a very low bit of Monjuic. You know, Monjuic is very tall and there's all yeah. different levels of it. We were, we were literally at the bottom bit of it where there's like, you know, a bit of green for Bella to run around. Yeah. And we, we had a run in with the police and, and I actually had to, you know, ask the police cause I was quite upset. I, I actually asked them if they were human Yeah. because, um, it's been really hard. And the, the government here, you know, there's like, I don't know, the last time I heard it was like well over a thousand um, apparent um, tickets that were given out to people for disobeying rules, mm -hmm. um, which is, I just think, ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been super hard here. And, but every day we do things like right now we're in our sun time. <laughs> so we have a few hours every day where it's like, okay, we're going to sit down and listen to music, maybe draw something and enjoy the sun time and maybe work in the garden a bit, you know, 
that's so important, you know, so important for the fresh air, for the vitamin D, uh, for uh, the tan. We've all, you know, kept, kept up with like just feeling good, you know, yeah. um, lots, lots of exercise as well. And, you know, I continue to do like uh, yoga and kind of cardio, yeah. but also just a couple of days ago, I started again with Tai Chi, um, mm-hmm. which I'm just finding just so it's so centering and so peaceful. It's just, yeah, I'm really grateful for it. So, you know, there's, there's always good that can come out of any bad. This situation, which you and I can talk about, you know, another time, I think that, um, that there's been enough science um, mm-hmm. the virologists and scientists and doctors that have come out with truth, yeah. um, not fear, because fear is exactly the opposite of love. You know, they've come out exactly. with truth. And, um, and I really, from the beginning, believed that this was, this was something that was being blown way out of proportion mm-hmm. and that it was being used for different agendas. And I still believe that and believe it even more strongly. I think it's crazy as well to keep people in quarantine. I completely and utterly disagree with it because um, the more that you're inside, the more your immune system goes down. Yeah. And also what keeps us the most healthy, our immune system, our mental health, everything is our connection with other people. And I think this is something that they were trying to cut off as well. In addition to that, a huge part of it is I've been seeing friends around me and you know, Barcelona, Barcelona, it is focused like so many places in the world. It's focused on tourism. So much here is small business. Yeah. You know, individual restaurants, cafes, bars. Yes. And I've seen my friends' businesses crumble and just seen yeah. this, this crushing their lives. Yes. And and that has been the hardest part for me is yeah. to know that that our city won't be the same after this. Yes. That people people and no help from the government, you know? The government has done such a minuscule amount to actually help and they make it so difficult to get that help so it, it does nothing it's a drop in a bucket you know of what yeah. people actually need here god knows what's going to happen with the economy and uh, you know it we're all just kind of living day one day at a time and yes but it's been crazy yeah it's been really crazy but yeah. actually you know what i'm gonna tell you just a week ago today um i got to see your brother and luna for the first time and it was so wonderful to see them. Uh, yeah. Anthony and I went and walked to the beach with them. And it was so good. So good to see friends. Yes, I believe that. Even here, we have like more freedom. We have like really not really, we, we have no really, they're not taking away our freedom. That, that would be my better for some people <laughs> to experience yeah, that. Yeah. But like I was, I don't have school since two months. And I'm waking up sometimes and thinking, was that just a dream? Because I'm really like, really, I really stay at home. If I have a necessary appointment, I go to there. But if I, if it's not necessary, I don't, I don't go there because I don't see a reason in it. And I, I really like staying home, going on the balcony, going into the garden, and like making my homework stuff. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Life comes out of death, you know. Yeah. And. Good comes out of bad. I think that this is going to, this is actually going to have a, a very different effect. You know, this is going to bring people together more. I already said that like some of my friends, like my generation, because we were really stuck at home. The school said we were closed. Like 
we went to the grocery store and the people looked at us like we are sick, you know, and because we were just this age and maybe we were like close to our parents. And I think yeah. not right after this all ends, but I think after we, my generation, like the generations after me, we will see, the, we will take the freedom a little bit more gratefuler. And we will see, we will respect each other more and accept each other more because there was so much hate um, between us, between our generation. And I think this hate really like stopped because we thought about each other. We care, take, took care about each other. We were like, oh my God, I want to see my friends. We couldn't see them. And we we're like, oh, please, please, one day the school starts again. And it starts again in a month, yeah. but it will be like differently, like, you know, like the, the different, mm -hmm. how I'm saying distance and yeah, it's not, I think it won't be the same again. And you were like, no, of course not. we're like in a teenage age and we are questioning the whole life, the father situation too. So <laughs> this is the situation we are, we are questioning the life more and more. And we're like thinking, yeah. oh, should I do like the A-levels? Should I do that? Or yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, it's made a lot of people stop and really think about what's important. And, and I think, um, I think the sad part is that, you know, you, you see that like reports that came out a few weeks ago that in the first six weeks, I believe it was, um, the richest, uh, 100 people in the world had made another $288 billion dollars. And that was while, you know, all of these people um, around us, uh, you know, are losing their businesses. Yeah. And, um, and I still have a few friends that are still working, but most people uh, either got laid off from their jobs yeah. or they lost their businesses or they don't know how they're ever going to come out of the hole that this has left them in. Yeah. And, you know, some, some governments, like the French government, Macron did an amazing job, the first one to speak out and say, we're going to help our, our, our people. They're not yes. going to be paying bills or rent. And, you know, this is wonderful. But, but I have to say that, um, that I, I thought, I only wish that everybody had done what Sweden had done. Because yeah. this is ridiculous. This is something I, that makes me very justly angry, I will say. And that is that the truth is that every single year around the world, at least 500 thousand people so at least a million people uh, half yeah. a million people every year die of a variety of flus and covids you know yeah. this isn't the first covid there's lots of covids it's yeah. just the first time most people have heard of covids and so that scares people when they don't know what something is yeah but but every year that many people die and of yeah. course this year this happens and it's like what's what's wrong with you people yes. and, and look how many look how many children die of starvation every day yes. in a normal world. Yeah. And how many more are dying of starvation now because yes. of, of the quarantine. Yes. And this is the other side of it is that many more people have died as a result of the quarantine than yeah. ever we're going to die from the virus. And so I think we're going to live in a world that, that demands more love and more light, but also we're going to have to stand up for our human rights and, yes. and for people that really don't have voices because they, the rich and, and powerful are trying to take over as much as they can. God knows, God knows what's going to happen. I think that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, well, that was it. Thank you so much. That was so inspiring. And 
like this talk the viewers like again show, showed me that it was right to ask you from the first episode it was right to call you a legend <laughs> and yeah oh you're you're a legend hon you're definitely on my list of legends well thanks for this hon thanks for the opportunity thank it's you really and honor all right bye ciao Jenna Brit, everybody. <sighs> that was it. That was my first episode of Bonnie's Legends. I'm Bonnie Orbison, and I hope you had a great time listening. And you will tune in next week for meeting a new legend of me. Have a lovely week. Bye. <laughs>